0: Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew, <coughs> Andrew Newworth. Excuse me. You can reach me on the web at NeuwirthLaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So thank you for your calls and emails. Um, they are appreciated. And I've got people sort of coming in through the website at com to ask about their situations from all across the country, which is nice to know that people are listening. Uh, So I wanted to talk to you today about Norristown car accidents. So Norristown, for those outside the Philadelphia area, is in the suburbs of Philadelphia. It is a mostly blue-collar area with lots of businesses in the area and... A lot of people who maybe live there, but work either in the suburbs or in Philadelphia. So, you know, it's a busy place. Everyone has to drive, for the most part, in Norristown. And there are car accidents there. Now, a car accident in Norristown, not much different than any other place, except for the fact that you're in Montgomery County, which is a slightly, you know, wealthier, whiter... Um, jury pool than you're going to see in Philadelphia, and also a slightly more educated, also wealthier jury pool than you're going to see in Delaware County. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't bring your case. It just means your lawyer is going to have to think a little bit harder. The goal for us is always to put the cases in Philadelphia because we think you get a better jury pool for personal injury cases in Philadelphia County than you do in any other county. So that may not make much sense to you as a consumer, but as a lawyer, it makes a lot of sense because that's just where the money is. It's like Dillinger said about banks. Well, why drive you the bank? Well, that's where the money is. So... You know, what does that mean? Well, first of all, we got to figure out who hit you, and are they Norristown, Montgomery County resident, or are they Philadelphia resident? Are they from out of state? Are they a business? There are lots of different things that go into that determination of what lawyers call venue. And it has, you know, little or nothing to do with the client. It's just sort of a legal judgment call. Now, you know, the interesting determinations, some of them are, well... <laughs> If you're a better-off white business person, are you better off bringing suit in Norristown because, or in Montgomery County because someone might there might be more like you or more sympathetic to your plight? I'm not sure about that. I don't. I don't know if that's really the case. But those are kind of some of the judgment calls we got to think about. Now, Norristown, you know, in terms of suburbs, is not a particularly fancy suburb. Um, you know, it's not. The main line, uh, which is sort of the fancier suburbs. And it's not Abington, where sort of, you know, it's a little bit more of the doctors and lawyers live there. So, you know, you're kind of in the middle of a busy, you know, county where there's lots of driving. So what does that mean? What it means in terms of car accidents is absolutely nothing. You know, it's a normal everyday car accident in Norristown. You can... Go ahead and, you know, find a lawyer, march off to court, your injuries are your injuries. And that's kind of how we look at it. Now, if you have a little, you know, fender bender and nobody's really hurt or you're hurt and you need two or three months of physical therapy and you're done, you know, those cases are not. Great cases for the lawyer because we don't make a lot of money on them. They're not great cases for the clients because mostly clients who have small fender benders and a few months of PT are pissed off and upset about having to go through all this when it wasn't their fault, and then they have sort of outsized expectations of what their case is worth. When in reality, the court system is not going to think very much of. Of their case, and most lawyers and ju- judges and jurors are not going to think much of it either. You know, people don't want to be bothered trying to, you know, get your $6,000 auto case resolved. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And usually, you know, my experience is that the smaller cases end up with the least happy clients. So, you know, we try and avoid that as much as possible. The one benefit to you know, me as a lawyer, is that I get to know you as a person if you have the small case. And the one benefit to you is that, look, you get some legal advice, you get a kind of an eyeball on what your case is worth, and you're going to get a couple grand in your pocket. So, you know, for some people, three to $5,000 in their pocket is, is, you know, fine. That's what you came to the lawyer for. But, you know, it's a little bit of a headache. It's not a lot of work. But it's a little bit of a headache. And a lot of times the insurance companies know that calculation. <clears throat> they know the lawyer doesn't want the case. They know the client's not going to be that interested in the case. And a lot of times if you're a limited to it, they'll just say, nope, I'm not going to make an offer. You have to put the case in court. And that makes the case much less viable. So, you know, we do try and stay away from those cases. But there are times, you know, I have families that I've represented for years Who, you know, look, I'm going to take their small case more as a courtesy to them than anything else. So, that's part of the calculation. Now, let me give you an example of what's going on in one of my cases right now. I have a case where it is a weird sort of accident. My lady's not at fault, but the insurance company thinks she is. And, but the person, you know, she was working for the city of Philadelphia and she was in kind of a rough area and we couldn't find the defendant, you know, the guy who hit her. We had an address. The address was no good. I sent my process server out to go, you know, serve him and and there was either no address there or you know, the guy couldn't be found. We got another address. The guy wasn't there. You know, the person there said, oh, this person's moved out of state. So, you know, by hook or by crook, we got this guy a proper address and we had the guy served. So, you know, I talked to the insurance company and the insurance company kept pestering me and kept offering me more and more money on a case where they said it was, you know, my lady's fault, which is unusual. And, you know, at some point I kind of, you know, was pretty convinced that, the insurance company has no control over their client. They can't locate the guy, he's either a drug addict or he's homeless or he's in jail, who knows what. But they're never gonna be able to produce that guy for trial. So, you know, what do you do in that situation? I have kind of a a small auto case, like it's probably worth, you know, less than 15 or 20 grand, but I have a very weak situation on the other side. You know, the insurance company can't produce anyone to say that uh, this is my lady's fault. And if they can't produce someone, a, you know, a judge or a jury or an arbitration panel is always going to find in my lady's favor. They have to because so, there's not going to be anyone testifying on the other side. So at that point, you know, what do you do as the lawyer? Well, you know, it's not like your hands are handcuffed. You've got plenty of devices. So what do I do? First of all, I filed my complaint. You know previously before we served the guy second of all as soon as I sort of you know put two and two together what was happening then I start pressuring the defense lawyer and the def- and the insurance company to prove that they have a client so I sent out interrogatories which are written questions and normally I don't you know pressure defense lawyers too much to answer interrogatories because I'm still not answering mine so it just takes time to get these things answered and but in this case i got mine answered right away and i pressured them to immediately answer theirs as soon as 30 days passed which is the time they're provided by the law to answer them i'm off to court you know on day 31 i'm heading off to court to force them to answer or be precluded meaning their guy can't testify because he didn't answer interrogatories the lawyer says he's going to answer the complaint but he's not going to he's going to verify it himself now in pennsylvania A lawyer cannot verify a complaint. What that means is the lawyer can't swear to certain facts in the complaint because the lawyer wasn't there. He wasn't a witness. The only person who can verify the complaint is the defendant, the driver, or the other drivers involved. So, or he's going to verify the answer, I guess. My client verified her complaint. Now the response has to be the defendant, this missing person has to verify the answer. If he can't do so, I can move to strike the complaint. So I'm putting, I talked to the lawyer recently. I'm putting all this stuff, you know, into action. And, you know, at some point, I'm going to be able to keep the defendant from ever testifying against my lady. So now is that a, you know, I'm putting a tremendous amount of pressure on them to basically make me a better offer. But, you know, the the question and the calculation on both sides is, What happens if i default them if i have the court order that i win my case is that good well you know as a layperson you might think oh yeah that's great court ordered you win (laughs) you know that's good but the one problem with that is that all insurance companies require you to cooperate with your own insurance company You don't have to cooperate with the other side's insurance company but you damn well better cooperate with yours in the defense of your case because basically you've paid premiums you're not paying your lawyer the insurance company is but if you don't cooperate it's as if you're breaking the contract so often oftentimes if i you know think about defaulting an insurance company's insured defendant they are going to say well there's no coverage there and i know my homeless drug addict you know, incarcerated person on the other side can't pay me ten thousand dollars. So, you know, burning out or defaulting someone is bad because then there's no insurance coverage. At least that's my concern. So I got to figure that out. That's something I got to work on. See if if an insurance company has entered an appearance, are they allowed to withdraw coverage because they basically said, "Yeah, we insured this guy. Uh, we'll stand behind him." I just don't know if there's, uh, if I default them, can they have insurance coverage? So we'll see. Something I'm working on. It's an interesting question, but it is also uh, an issue to consider. So that is Norristown personal injury practice in car accidents for today. Hope you have a great day. I hold people accountable.